Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hi, John Schwab here from Curtain Call, and welcome to episode 103 of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, the podcast that brings you backstage as close as you possibly can be, often while the shows are actually happening, to meet the people that make theater happen. You can find all our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and other fine podcasting streaming services. And if you have a spare 30 seconds, please rate and review us on whichever platform you use to help us be more discoverable to listeners who haven't heard about us yet. And now for this week's podcast. Last week, we brought you the first part of a two-part episode with Polly Bennett, the movement director behind Rami Malek's breathtaking transformation into Queen frontman Freddie Mercury for the hit film Bohemian Rhapsody. And in this episode, although Polly does chat a little bit more about how anyone can use techniques employed on the film, we really wanted to delve deep into her passion project and full-time job as creator of uh, co-creator, I should say, of the Monobox. Uh, the Monobox is one of the best resources around for emerged actors, a word that Polly is owning, and to be honest, I absolutely love. Uh, the Monobox hosts events at their headquarters in the Biscuit Factory in Bermondsey, and these include workshops for acting skills, audition prep and casting, directing, devising, improv, Shakespeare, physical and movement, you name it, the Monobox have a workshop for it. And this includes their most popular event, their speech surgeries, which they hold monthly, where participants are invited to browse Monobox's extensive play archive network and then take part in a Q&A with industry professionals from all walks of life. Now, I have both attended and taken part in these panels, and they are probably the most cost-effective way, brilliant way, to extend your network and grow as an actor or director or someone in the business in any field. But why don't I stop talking and let Polly tell you all about it as she continues her conversation with Curtain Call's co-founder, Matt Humphrey, and also Curtain Call's Theo Bosenquet. Have a listen. I have to say, your work with Rami is outstanding. He doesn't just mimic Freddie, he embodies Freddie. And I think that's what you were talking about mm. in terms of practicalizing the thought process and, and, and the feeling and the history and the emotions behind every movement. And it's just extraordinary. So, congratulations. Thank you for saying I mean, I was, it, it's a big job, it's a big 
it's a big fear that it would turn into seeing someone at a karaoke doing a bit of Freddie Mercury on a, on a Saturday <laughs> night. You know, there is always that fear, but as long as it turns into something that comes out of who that person fundamentally is, in the same way now as if I said, oh, Theo, please go on, you're going to do a karaoke song. What karaoke song are you going to do? If you just come up with a song that you might perform. Wonderful. Wonderful, lovely. So you might then perform it with all of the things that you've ever seen. So I'm, you know, hasten to add, perhaps you're not a performer, Theo, but you might start acting as Liam Gallagher because that will make people laugh or that, that feels right because that's something that you've seen or you might rock out loads because you've seen that make people enjoy things before. So in the same way, Freddie Mercury, you look at him and go, well, he really liked Liza Minnelli. He really loved going to the opera. So you see that in his body where he's, he pulls poses and he um, is really flamboyant because of the things that he enjoys. So we've all got the possibility to, to, to move based on what we, what we see and what we love. Um, so I watch the film and I go, I can see the work and I can see the value of, of physical work, which I've always known. But now what is amazing is that people are seeing it and, and being able to speak about it and from from peers and, and actors that I've worked with who, who now are making the connection between the work that I've done with them and Rami how amazing is that? That's such a great um, cyclical thing but also Queen fans are, I'm getting messages from Queen fans being like this is amazing, you've made Freddie live on I was really nervous about so and so playing Freddie Mercury and how dear this person is to them and and I know now that we've done the work right um, with a lot of hard work and a lot of teamwork and a lot of fundamentally trust and, and friendship in order to make that happen um, which goes back to you know, seeing who's in front of you and making sure you, you don't lose sight of, of the actor in, in, the, in the fray We should talk a little bit about another project of yours <laughs> You know, just a little project on the side you've got going, yeah. which is a full-blown, massively successful company called The Monobox, yeah. um, which Kurt & Call has partnered with for um, a number of years now and has done amazing work with actors at all stages of their careers. Could you just sort of explain for the uninitiated a little bit about what it is and where the idea for it came from? Yeah, so um, The Monobox has been running for just over five years and it's a company that myself and my best mate Joan Iola, who is uh, in her in her own right an incredible actor and activist and um, you know project maker, um, and we started this back in the day where you know it's, it's so amazing again to talk about this stuff because we started this when no one was giving us any jobs. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this was like both when we were we moved to London and or well, I moved to London and Joan was still training in. Um, Bristol and we um, she was training at Bristol Vic and we would start sharing a, a sort of across borders what we were both doing and I'd be going I'm working in TV and this is happening and this actor can't do this and she'd be talking to me about how that would make her feel if she was an actor and I would equally be going to see plays in London and calling her and saying you know what you should really get in touch with this playwright because he's got some amazing things maybe you could use it for your showcase so the monobox kind of started out of that conversation and that friendship, really, which was about sharing and passing over information. 
and because that's something that we recognise certainly from being young actors in, in you know or certainly when I was pretending I was an actor um, that you you get information and you hold on to it and you keep it for yourself and you go well this is my monologue and I will not tell anybody else about this monologue because it is mine and I will be fantastic at it and if anyone else has it then I won't do very well and that's quite a um, negative space to put your brain in so the monobox started because we were looking for, for ways of um, engaging other people to to share their stories and to share their insight and we were lucky enough to be working on things when we started with lots of people that are established in the industry so we started asking them what play would you offer to a young person to read and sure enough, to skip a few steps, we then started receiving play donations from people, um, uh, from, you know, Carol Churchill sends an anthology through the post, sure, and then Dame Judi Dench is like, hey, I've never done this play, you can have this, because I'm never going to get a chance to play it. Um, or David Tennant sends us his favourite play that we've never heard of. And all of these play texts are um, uh, inscribed with people's advice. And that really now is the heart of what the Monobox does. We've got a huge play collection of about 3,000 plays that live in our space at the Biscuit Factory in Bermondsey. And as a result of all of this information and all of the conversations that stem from these plays, we set up workshops and events and courses and opportunities to engage with the professional industry. Whether or not you are an emerging actor, if we want to use that rubbish word, an emerged actor, a word that is never used, um, and uh, or someone that is working and working things through or coming back to acting. So, um, you know, I think we we're learning to be more open about all of the things that the monobox does um, because this is our it has so much mentally been for us a side project that we've been doing alongside our other things and now it is a full-time full-time job you know I was sitting on the set of Bohemian Rhapsody doing my emails for the <laughs> monobox at some times because it, it's um, the demand for it is so high and the love for it is so high because um because it's about sharing and it's about a community and creating a community and um, we have done that and we are doing that and we, you know, at the moment we're mentoring five new playwrights to create new work providing them with a professional playwright mentor giving them directors engaging and um, mentoring the directors helping them cast um, providing access for actors to come in and be in these plays and get a showcase in London there is so much going on um, and it's all in response to the things that we see in rehearsal rooms and the things that we hear at events so yeah it's a big um, nourishment melting pot really it's, and every time I think it's for the young actors that come to it I actually go, oh, it's so much for me as well. I get to think about everything in the monobox space and, and learn from all the people that, um, you know, that, that are asking for things because I go, oh, yeah, that is what actors need. I'll think about that. Then I go into my rehearsal room and I activate that thought. So it's all making me a better practitioner. It's making Joan a better actor. It's making us think a bit bigger than ourselves. So if we know that we're doing that as two co-founders, we know that everybody else that comes into that space is doing that for themselves as well. Um, and it's amazing to see what you know the, the people that have come through the doors of the monobox have achieved in the last five years. Some people got into drama school, come out of drama school, got agents, are in professional shows that I'm now movement directing. It's just... it's. 
extraordinary um, seeing that, the long-standing effects of, of the work of the Amazing. Polly, I wondered if um, th- there'll be a lot of actors listening to this, um, and directors, of course, and, and other theatre professionals, and I wondered if you would be able to maybe impart just a couple of either very general or very specific pointers to them when it comes to their approach to characters and their approach maybe to the rehearsal process in general what what are the kind of I know this is a really hard question to ask of someone with such a broad specialism but if they were a couple of sort of key pointers what would they be? That's a huge responsibility to say something like that. <laughs> Let's think about this. <clears throat> I mean, I think there is... I mean, what I'm trying to say in terms of my work with the monobox is that I haven't learned everything yet and will never learn everything. Um, so I guess a piece of advice I could turn that into is... Um, is to up your curiosity and to see what other people's what other people's positives can do for you and and by that it's not that they're going to give you anything but it's that you can be nourished by being around other people and um and engaging other people in your practice so i think there is certainly a thing especially within the UK, having spent a bit of time in America last year, um, where we don't really engage in training after a training period. So, um, and by that I mean you come out of drama school, you've done a course, and you've done the thing. Well, I've done the thing, so that's it, done it. um, So now I've just got to wait for other people to give me the opportunity to do the thing. And actually, I, I, I think that's a really scary space to be in. And I think, if anything, that my personal career as a movement director has shown me is that you have never learnt it all. And it's about... Uh, and, and a lot of the, the positive things that have happened to me in terms of opportunities are because I've put myself in situations that are... Um, that uh, are, are scary <laughs> or... Um, I'm nervous about going into and I, I I will say that back in the day I would sign up for workshops or I'd sign up to dance classes and I would pay for them and I would turn up at the door and I would walk away because there was something that was stopping me because I thought I, I, I don't want to be the worst and actually I'm already I already know this so actually it's fine and that therefore the, the the tussle in us as artists everywhere is to think that we know everything and equally that we know nothing and I'm saying that if you continue to train in whatever way that means for you whether that's doing a history of art course whether that means taking up photography whether that means um, reading Shakespeare plays one a week with a mate there is something that you will you will take yourself over the edge in some way and something new will come of it Um, so that's a kind of meandering way of saying keep Keep curious and keep active about about your craft. Um, if I hadn't had the experience of um, my history of art degree uh, and um, 
working in a PR office as I did also when I when I was jobless and confused in London when I started out I wouldn't think about things the way that I do now so actually there's a real I wouldn't have I wouldn't have looked into Freddie Mercury this the way that I did so I guess I'm saying that maybe for an actor if you if you engage in all of these things all of the things that you have done what your heritage is what your experience is you will be more you you will be a a, a better craftsperson does that make sense yeah it does it's it's a it's to not avoid the things that you've done and um and everything will feed into everything else and if you put yourself or you get into those situations where you don't think you know it all actually the best things will happen so I say keep training in the same way that I go to monobox workshops Joan goes to monobox workshops we both attend the things we're practicing what we preach um, because if you stop yourself you will literally stop yourself and then everyone will know what you can do um, but if you surprise yourself if you engage a little bit deeper I think something good will come wow that's well I mean fantastic words to words to finish on I, I, I should ask quickly about um, the old what's next question which um, is probably quite a convoluted one to um, to deal with but let's talk um, a little bit longer term what's your um, uh, it's always difficult to have a specific plan but, but you know where would you like to be in 10 years nice and easy one to end on <laughs> it's funny because I think I, I've as I said right at the beginning I've sort of landed in lots of different jobs I've landed in places and um, it was only uh, going to see Bohemian Rhapsody this weekend by myself because <laughs> I just needed a little moment to go look at what I've done because because as a movement person you spend quite a lot of time as I said being invisible you, you, you're sort of in the background but also at the forefront but then you sort of disappear when the director gets credited with the success, success of a production or the actors get accoladed you know that we don't have very many public um, showings of appreciation for movement directors um, and by that I mean you know there's a best choreography Watson stage award but there's no movement direction or there's a best poster award but there's no movement director um, or there's I'm currently nominated for a Broadway World um, award um, against Hamilton for best choreography I did a show at Stratford East which is an amazing show but how how is that jug how can you match that juggernaut how like it's so glorious to be acknowledged but you're also um, uh, uh, you're also not acknowledged so I guess there are two things in answer to your question which is I would love movement directors to be acknowledged and um, to, to critics to write with an affection for the physical world because the more that we get on our mobile phones and the more that we disconnect from human beings on a, on a daily basis the, the easier it's going to be not to look for those visual clues in, in theatre work so there is something in terms of I'm trying to at the moment be a spear holder I think I'm trying to 
I'm, I'm about to meet lots of young movement directors um, for Payne's Plough because I approached Payne's Plough and said like, one of my first jobs was with you and I'm trying to make sure that there is somewhere in the same way that the RSC was for me there is somewhere for people to practice being a movement director um, so I want to I, 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 I'm feeling like I'm getting enraged and passionate but I, it's because I want to make sure that there is something going on there with all of the other people that are, uh, are tantalising around with movement director, uh, direction I want to make sure that I have given back into into that um, that job and this role and that there is more opportunity for it because I think it is important not just for people that have aspirations, but I think it is important for theatre, for film, for actor psychology, and I'm going to go big for the world. I think physical stuff is really important. You've got to move. So that's that's one part of my sort of 10-year plan, if you want to say that. Not that I've ever written this down or, you know, I don't have a set place to make that happen, but I just know that there is something in me that has to... to to tickle that and to, to grow that um, that thought and then separately I'm now at a position where I, I'm, I've done a lot of, of gorgeously big um, exciting projects from stadium gigs to films to theatre and I am now in a position where I want to, to make sure that I'm making good choices about the people that I'm spending that rehearsal time with um, so I want to continue over the next 10 years <laughs> um, working with good good people because I feel like I know what that is a bit more now because I've, I've magpied lots of different experiences and maybe that means that I won't be crashing movement projects over the top of each other maybe that means that I might do a film a year Maybe that means that I will um, uh, take some more time to be in the universe to feed to feed my practice because it's very easy to go where the shiny things are and burn yourself out. And uh, as, as as I've experienced, I, you know, I've, I've worked very hard. You know, worked very hard. So I think um, it's about not working any less hard but it's taking more time to experience the jobs and see the value in the jobs so I think um, I would I would like to continue that which I think with those two different things merge them together and I would love to uh, be someone that is can put all of this stuff into practice whether that means that I I'll put it out there in the universe because maybe this will work run a building um, be a director or be an artistic director that isn't a director because that's another a whole other topic a whole other ball game but um, it could happen because I'm seeing actors craft I'm dramaturging physically plays and productions and that could all come together in something a little off kilter a little unexpected but when has anything in my life been expected thus far so you never know.
Holly Bennett there, Monobox co-founder and movement director to the theater and film industry. Now, before we wrap up, if you are a theater professional, head on over to CurtainCallOnline.com and sign up for a free profile page. Just create an account with an email address, make up a password, and off you go. You can follow us on all the socials, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Curtain Call, all lowercases, all one word, no spaces. We'd love to hear from you if you have any suggestions or feedback for the podcast. Just get in touch with us via any of the social media platforms I just mentioned, or write to me personally at john at curtaincallonline.com. And now just leaves me to say another huge thank you to Polly Bennett. Um, you can currently see her work on the big screen in Bohemian Rhapsody and on stage in the Lehman Trilogy, which you'll be able to see in New York very soon at the Armory before it comes back to London to play the Wyndham's Theatre in, uh, in London's West End, I should say. That's, that's where it is in 2019. Uh, also... Uh, you can check out everything The Monobox is doing by heading over to their website, themonobox.co.uk. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Curtain Call Theater Podcast, and I will catch you all next week. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.